Why was the elderly woman on her hands and knees on the floor of the library in Waterford? Apparently, it was art. This image appeared in the course of a story which began on a bridge in Sweden, taking in Malaga and Ennestymen along the way, before ending up with a woman bombing with flowers and a man painting with bird droppings. Welcome to Radio Sweden Tuesday. 30 minutes of news and views about Sweden in English. RTE Choice, the digital radio station, was playing a Radio Sweden news programme. Here's what's coming up over the next half hour. Sweden's in the course of the news programme, a court report was aired. This report. One of the biggest Swedish art scandals in years. Anna Adele, a former student at the University College of Arts, Craft and Design, was found guilty of unethical conduct and of violent resistance when she faked a psychosis at a mental institution. Her action was part of her final exams and Anna Adele defended her actions by saying that she was highlighting deficiencies in the level of care received by those in psychiatric care. Alexander Hirschfelder has more. The awkward story started on Lilja Holman's bridge on the night of January 21, 2009. When the police and the ambulance came to the bridge in Stockholm, where 35-year-old Anna Odell was standing, threatening to jump into the cold water, rescue workers had no reason not to believe that they were dealing with an authentic attempt of a desperate woman trying to commit suicide. But on the following morning, Anna Odell explained to the staff that her behaviour the previous night was only fake. This report of a performance art event that was designed to be provocative revived memories of two similar stunts that took place in the late 1990s. Now, I know that the word stunt can be pejorative, but I don't mean it like that. It's just that the word stunt in this case seems more driven than the words project or performance. It feels as if there's more purpose to it which is what these two stunts in 1997 and 1998 had. The 1997 one took place in Waterford and was the brainchild of one man. The 1998 one took place in Leeds, England and was conceived by 13 people. Waterford first. During last week, last Tuesday or Wednesday, I happened to be in our local history room and I found some used or scratched tickets. The end of June 1997, the national media in Ireland was talking about the crowds of people who were turning up at the city library in Waterford. And there on Friday, I received information that a gentleman in Cork had won £100. They weren't there to take out books, they were rifling through the books, looking for what was in them, but not in the traditional sense. And it just happened to amble in, browse through books, and he found some lottery tickets, and one of them was a winning ticket. How often would that happen, Richard? That Richard, a Waterford librarian, was on RTE Radio 1 at the time with Carrie Crowley and Miles Dungan. Someone had anonymously hidden a thousand lotto scratch cards in the books in the city library in Waterford. On Friday afternoon in particular, it seemed to become national knowledge and um, lots and lots of people, hundreds of people came in here and just searched the books. It was incredible. Would they all have been members? Dermot Power, another Waterford librarian, was also on the same programme. I was, saw this 
old woman, she going like a ferret around the aisles on her hands and knees. <laughs> <coughs> I was about to call somebody to give me a hand to get her out. And uh, she taking lottery tickets out of books. But uh, Richard, I gather that uh, some research has been done and it's transpired that these tickets came from or were purchased in Ennis. Is that right? Uh, yes, yes. It's said that they were purchased in Ennis. That's right. The tickets were bought all over County Clare because that's where I live. This is Tom Malloy. I went and bought the tickets somewhere in Ennis Diamond, some in Kilfenora, some in Listian Var. Who hid the tickets in the books in the library? Basically, we spent a couple of days, myself and two other people, anonymously just just going to the library, putting the tickets in books, walking around the library, putting tickets in books, and then just left it alone. It could be somebody who wants to stay anonymous, but he could also be feeling depressed as well. We in RTE headed off to Ennis and spoke to local psychiatrist and former TD Musiji Bamji. And because they may be owing money to the taxman, as lots of people do, they do <laughs> give out... <laughs> Where do you get that line from? So it could be a multiple of people as well who feel they would like to distribute their wealth most of the newspapers had some reason this there was a kind of a sense of atonement that whoever this had done has a big guilty conscience there was a psychiatrist wrote into the irish times letter page with an actual condition psychological condition that this is what this person has perhaps it was a lottery winner who, who actually decided to be benevolent and give back some of his money are there a lot of eccentric people in ennis I think every county has its eccentric number of people. (laughs) Tom Malloy is neither eccentric, racked with guilt, nor philanthropic. He's an artist, and in 1997, his lotto scratch card stunt was one of several art projects planned for the city. It was the idea of having an exhibition without having it in a gallery, without having any notice or posters or catalogues or invites, And the basic concept behind it was, from my point of view, is that I've always thought of the lottery as a kind of double taxation. The lottery was set up for cultural, sporting, and eventually ended up partly for health. But it was there to do things in Ireland during a recession in the 80s to provide funding for things which the state should have been providing for and also then the lottery is a form of gambling. We found about uh, 27 to 30 tickets. Um, I got 10 and Michael got the remainder. Uh, however, I didn't get any money or stars. Nothing, Michael, nothing out of 10 <clears throat> tickets. Michael got two pounds and uh, three stars. So out of 30 tickets between the two of you, you got two pounds? Yes. And statistically, poorer people play the lottery and particularly the scratch cards more than wealthy people. Older people buy scratch cards, older women buy scratch cards more so than young, educated, middle-class people. And were you a scratch card buyer, Dermot? No. I, I used to be until, I think, yeah, one of your colleagues, Joe Duffy, did a programme some time ago. And uh, he did a similar exercise, and there was very little money found. The idea of chance within the lottery system and gambling, and particularly within the lottery, and it's also chance within education, the knowledge, who has knowledge, who has education, who has power, to use a library system... So that was a nice kind of cyclical thing to use the library as the context for the piece. Jump forward 11 months and across the sea to Leeds and another art project costing around the £1,000 mark. May 1998. It's time for the end of year show for the fine arts students at Leeds University. 
we were able to secure a grant for £1,126 to put on a show that involved performance, sculpture and painting and basically to do a good all-round mixed-media sort of show. Sarah Thornton was one of the 13 students involved in the exhibition of their work. It came to the time to have the show and basically all our tutors and a large group of people gathered to come and have a look at what we'd been doing. They arrived at the space to find that we were actually missing. They were welcomed by flamenco music, a beautiful empty space, a large bowl of sangria in a plastic tub and an air stewardess came out and spoke to them after about half an hour of them having drinks. They were then asked to come outside. As they left the studio space, they found that they were actually being invited to get onto a double-decker bus driven by a guy with long hair who, who looked a little bit of a hippie, so they really didn't know what to expect. They were then taken by this bus and taken to Leeds and Bradford Airport where they waited in the arrivals lounge to see us and a bunch of students arriving back from our holiday in Malaga, Spain. We had our tickets and the odd straw hat and bottles of beers and lots of things that you'd bring back as souvenirs from a holiday. What was their reaction? We'd said that we were sort of like breaking the boundaries of what could be perceived as art and uh, an event such as going on holiday once it was framework through <laughs> like the rhetoric that we were being taught could be presented as a sort of art event where we've literally taken ourselves off and we're part of the exhibition. Uh, our tutors were, were pretty open to it and really liked it, so we got a lot of support from them. The Leeds student newspaper heard about our little trip and wanted to see us, so they called us in and we all innocently went along with our photographs and basically they turned it into a story, Con Artist Spanish Rip-Off, Art Grant Funds Holiday in Sun, and that's, I think that was their headline. They obviously could see it had everything that it needed to have to sort of cause total fury, and... From that story, the larger newspapers got hold of it and, oh, they absolutely loved it. Tonight's top story, a holiday in the name of art. The students who spent a grant partying in the sun. 13 art students have been given a grant and sponsorship of £1,600 to put on an exhibition. Do you know what they spent the money on? A week's holiday on the Costa del Sol. Yeah! From the studios of ITN, the news with Dermot Murnahan and Julia Costa Packet. These students were given more than a thousand pounds to stage an exhibition in Spain. Now they're being asked for the money back. It was radio, it was television, it went as far as South China News. I think it was the second story on CNN. But, but then there was a twist in the tale. What was the twist? There was a big twist in the tale. Good morning, this is Today with James Nocty and John Humphreys. This morning's headlines. We knew at the point that we went to the Radio 4 Today programme that 
all the stories that had come out on that morning were talking about us being scam artists, hoaxers, people who just spent other people's money. We decided that we'd out ourselves on Radio Force Today programme. One of our members, John Crossley, went down and basically said that there had been no holiday and that we'd simulated the whole holiday experience. We'd taken photographs in Scarborough. We'd gone to a house in Leeds that had an outdoor pool. Gotcha. First, a group of Leeds art students had the art establishment, then some newspapers in uproar when they said their holiday in Spain was performance art, then they had the last laugh when they revealed it was all a hoax. They never went further than Scarborough. A number of art critics and newspaper reporters are feeling rather red-faced tonight. They reacted angrily to a story that a group of art students had spent a valuable grant on a package holiday to Spain. We jumped into the sea when it was absolutely freezing and we used lenses with kind of a blue effect to make it look like we'd properly gone on holiday. Their tickets to Spain were fake, as was the postage mark on the card they sent their tutor. And the pictures of them relaxing on the beach were taken at Scarborough. And this isn't sun-drenched Malaga, it's Chapel Allerton in Leeds. And this was their holiday home for the six days they were supposed to be in Spain. They didn't leave the house unless they were in disguise, and they hired a sunbed for that Costa del Sol look. So we all did actually look like we'd been on holiday. In fact, we smeared quite a lot of fake tan on as well. We should have had tutorials in the week coming up to the exhibition, but we needed to look like we'd disappeared altogether, so we all had to kind of go undercover. It meant not leaving the house, or if we did go out, we went out in balaclavas, which obviously if we did today, that would be seen as very dodgy, and I'm sure there'd been a lot of phone calls to the police, but things were a little bit more innocent then. And it was a time of, of mass media being very prominent because it was around the time of Diana's death, wasn't it? Yes, it wasn't too long after that. And I think the media had been seen as being very kind of in your face. Uh, they didn't have much responsibility for the stories that they were printing. So basically, we outed ourselves. And we knew at this point that it was impossible for these newspapers to actually pull back the story because it, it was all out there. The condemnation, the anger, everything was going on. And it was out of their control, really. And if, if any of them had made a phone call, to the airport for instance they would have been able to find out that we'd actually just ask them if we could do this as a sort of act of theatre performance sort of thing In both the case of Tom Alloy's Waterford Lotto scratch cards and Sarah Thornton's Leeds 13 they say the money wasn't wasted Because it was funded by the Arts Council a lot of their public money will come directly or indirectly through something like the lottery system. We got the money together and put it into a bank account and we hadn't spent a penny of it. Can I ask you what you're doing now? I'm still an artist, uh, trying to be anyhow. I do a series of work called The Flower Bombers and when I first did started doing the work in 2003 I was interested in what was going on in, in the news at the time and there was all sorts of stories from different parts of the world and about bombings and explosions and I, I just wrote up this little mini festa as I called it on the flower bomber and, and 
what flowers meant to people. I know it seems a little bit soppy and soft, but we kind of give flowers to people in remembrance. Right. Uh, you know, you've got Poppy Day. You've also got the shrines that you see at the side of the roads when people have been killed in accidents. And sadly, I'd lost my brother. And I sort of wanted to do something that was about remembrance. And I started off doing these kind of floral explosions and just continued doing them, really. And yeah. that's where, where the name came from. My art at the minute has a political base to it. A recent piece dealing with the situation in the Middle East is called Resource. It's a legal document from 1856 from the United States where they lay claim to any islands in the world which are not claimed by another country where there's a deposit of guano. And guano is bird, poo, shit, yeah. poo, whatever. And guano in the 18th, 19th century was a very important fertiliser. And it's the text painted exactly like the legal document and it's painted in bird shit and I'm making basically making parallels between the situation today in terms of a resource that instead of guano it's about oil now Tom Malloy and Sarah Thornton with two great art stunts of the late 90s you've been listening to The Curious Ear I'm Ronan Kelly Ronan Kelly